1: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
2: Hey, Alex. Hey, Nick. You want to talk about what happened last week, man?
0: I don't know know what you're talking about. You don't. So many things happened last week.
2: What I think happened last week was, for those of you who did not listen to the podcast last week, I was uh, telling a great story. And then not only did you, during my story, use the powers of the fact that you are the main editor of this podcast at this point to dip out my audio and put an audio of your own you uh talked about how much you loved my wife.
0: My concern is that people are going to get bored hearing your bullshit. And so what I'm trying to do is provide our audience with something that they can really wrap their their arms around and their hearts around. Right, right, right. You know, they don't right. want to hear they don't want to hear your offhand comments about about my sister, okay? Right, they want right, to right, they right, want to see
2: right. the true love. They want to hear about the true, the true the true love between you and my wife. Yeah. The love, the, the romantic love that exists between you and my wife. We want to, you want to talk about wrapping your arms around something. I'm going to wrap my arms. Around oh, my Alex, you're such a dream. I just adore you. Your you're so head smart, head. knowledgeable,
1: an absolute dream.
2: You're a fucking dead man. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking dead man. Little justice.
0: Little justice. Little justice, fuck yeah.
2: <laughs> Welcome you to can't l- do anything. <laughs> <Welcome> <laughs> to you little can't justice. do anything about it. Welcome to Little Fucking Justice. I can and I will. Jesus Christ, this is the podcast where we talk about how Alex is going to die in seven days. No, this is our uh, movie review podcast, movie, a movie analysis podcast, more like, where we Pick a theme. Pick our favorite movies that support that theme or exemplify that theme, and discuss. Like the, know it all bastards we are. I am Nick Walker, the asshole. Who's... I'm Alex. Oh. Yeah. No. No. I was. I was gonna say. I. Um. You know. I was gonna call myself an asshole. For are you okay with that?
0: Yeah. Let's. Let's. Let's roll that again.
2: Hi. I'm Nick Walker, an asshole who somehow found himself doing Broadway, and who are you? I'm
0: Alex Smolo. I'm the asshole's friend.
2: Great. Great. Just an asshole's friend. Friend of an asshole. What else do I do? You just sit by a gaping anus and talk.
0: See, I've, I've developed a career's worth of tools to use against you at this point. You have one thing that you do.
2: What What's the one thing? The Broadway thing. The Broadway you know, thing. I,
0: I guess it's like an amalgamation of singing. It's It's like a bunch of things rolled into one, but you can't edit, for instance. I cannot. So you
2: can't do this. I am Nick Walker. At the end of the day, I think what's one of my favorite is that the asshole and gaping anus are delicious. By the way, I just want to say that Jesus Christ. You know, it's it, you actually are a perfect segue into our theme this week—the theme that we've picked to discuss: fall from grace. But you were never graceful, so there was never grace for you to you fall ha- from. You have
0: to have grace to fall and you from grace. You've Never
2: had grace. You've only had fucking st- the, the clap. It's what you've had. Think about it. Did you? Did you ever? Who knows? That's possible. And what's the
0: scientific name? What's the scientific name for that again? Chlamydia. Oh, are you? Googling yeah, I don't that? think. I don't think so. If I you have I'm to good. think about it, I think I'm good. It. I've. It's been a long fall. NYU from, was a big school, man. It's been a long fall from grace. Tish
2: was a big old school. Fall from grace.
0: So what is fall from grace then,
2: Nick? If if I've done it, no, you haven't done it because you haven't ever been graceful. You're like a fucking. It's like Bambi learning to walk. That's how awkward you are. Understand that? Well Bambi is graceful. Yeah, but, but my my mother is alive. So Jesus Christ.
1: We made it, mother! Wait. We... Mother
2: Yeah, Bambi's mother is dead. <laughs> P.S. watch watch fucking Tiger King. Good lord. I want to. <laughs> Good lord. I really want to. I've I tried. Strap in Bambi. Because that uh, shit is, that is rough. Is it good? It's really good. It's, I mean, you want to talk about a fall from grace. That's actually, if we were doing documentaries, which we might want to do, uh, that would be a perfect fall from grace because that is a man who just took a long dive down a low well. But yeah, fall from grace. What is a fall from grace? A character who, uh, I, I look at it as a crossroads, right? If we're looking at movies or stories as we do, a character who uh, is on one path uh, and has a... a, a a choice has several choices possibly and continuously chooses uh, a path which leads him away from that, which we uh, society generally consider moral or ethical, um, you know, ends up in a place that is maybe, uh, you know, someplace some amoral. Uh, and I
0: think, so let me ask you, Yeah. so your interpretation then is that it is the character's choices that pull him down
2: a fall well yeah yeah i would say so do you think it's do you do you, do you think it's something different
0: well you'll see when i talk about my movie i i see a fall from grace as a character it's almost um if you look at what classic tragedy is you know if a comedy is where things start bad and by the end they're good a fall from grace is where things start good and become bad but centered around you know a a character's center
2: well but like okay so i put like i I put it like out like this right so pursuit of happiness right which is a character going to the bottom and coming back up again right will smith starts off in what he believes is a is a stable relationship with uh uh is that tanny newton no not tanny newton yeah tanny newton um and uh then throughout the course of the movie uh Completely, that shit just you know piles on piles just on piles falls on. Apart. and it's, it's so fa-
0: you wouldn't consider that. I don't it's consider it his, it's his fault.
2: It's well, no, it's Interesting. it's not. Yeah, it's, it has to be to me. It has to be his fault because the fall from grace. You're referencing um, Lucifer. That's what that's. I mean, that's where the, the, right. that's where I think the etymology of that phrase is. And so it's it's the idea yep. that somebody did something to, to damn themselves. Will Smith, yep. you know, his uh, his character does nothing. So yeah, I think um, it takes an evil man or a person who becomes evil, like you you know interesting
0: so i started out as a nice guy when we met you're like here's here's a sensible nice handsome
2: i never thought you were fucking funny guy guy. i thought you were a goddamn nazi i'm gonna say it right now something about you i think hindsight is 2020 i wanted to when i met you i was like let me look through his fucking drawers and see if i can find a passport to colombia or bolivia or something like that you know brazil if you you've been to brazil alex you go to brazil a lot I've actually never been to Brazil. Got friends in Argentina?
0: I have one friend from Brazil.
2: Okay. Well, is that friend's name Adolf Eichmann? Maybe. Yep. Well, here we are. Little justice. Serve justice to my Nazi friend. Um no, all this aggression is just because you fucking are trying to seduce me. Oh, you're still you're still so mad. I'm so mad that she left a fucking voicemail. She called in. She
0: did. And I, she called and left a voicemail. And can
2: I tell you what pissed me off about that? I saw her doing that. I saw her call. She was like, oh, don't be in here. Don't be in here. And I was like, what the fuck is happening?
0: And you knew. You must have known on, on some level.
2: That you are pulling some shit. They're like,
0: oh, get out of here. Get out of here. And I was involved. Yeah. Even was... though I'm I'm three 3,000 miles away, you know when something secret's going on behind your back when oh, Sarah's involved,
2: God. You are. The I'm worst. probably
0: at the other end of that phone.
2: No, I don't like that. I don't like anything about that. But... Nothing we can do about that, um, but yeah, if that's a fall from grace. Is uh, okay. Alex so my my
0: see? my film is actually going to be a little a little different then. Yeah, describe I it. I had a, a, a different me. interpretation. Well, before we get into it, but I mean, my my interpretation was, it was more somebody who has it all. Okay. Who has their stuff together? Who's looking forward? Um, who, whether it is their fault or not. Mm-hmm uh is is pulled away from it and I think the the best fall from Grace movies under that umbrella interpretation are ones where by the end they haven't pulled themselves back to where they were they discover that that's never where they should have been to begin with mm. they find something new about themselves so you fall from f- Grace being like you're heaven right yeah it you're your perfect place yeah. and with which, could be uh, understood as the bubble that we live in, right? When you think you have things figured out. It's a very relatable topic. You think you have things figured out. You think life is going one way. You think, okay, I'm making progress. I can see the next 10 years. I can, you know, I feel safe. I feel warm. Uh, and then reality biting you in the ass, which it does for each and every one of us. Coronavirus. Um, with coronavirus biting us in the lungs.
2: Um, yep. Jesus. Dark. Yeah, dark. Dark. Dark humor for dark times. Dark.
0: Bambi's mother is dead. Mother. So I I I think there's the the redemption of understanding that you didn't fall as far as you thought you did, um, and that's sort of the arc of the movie. So, uh, what in in your opinion, do you have some examples? Good, bad.
2: Good, bad. That I, that that I did not choose for my favorite. I think uh, Joker, uh, Joker is a is a good example. I thought maybe you were gonna pick that. I did not pick that uh came out 2019 with uh with uh, Joaquin Phoenix who won the Oscar for his portrayal as Arthur Fleck aka uh, Here we go. another name of the Joker. Uh, I out. love how
0: you know like it's all actor names and character names like we got to we got to spend 15 seconds every time we mention a movie to make sure everyone knows who the actor was and what the full name of the character was.
2: You know, Alex, one of the things that I bring to the table as an actor as opposed to an editor is that, you know, when I get a script, the first thing I do is I look through and I say, okay, who are my characters? Who, uh, who, uh, oh, my wife is here and she just dropped off a plate oh of, God. of amazing wings for me.
0: I knew I chose, right?
2: Shut up. But no, so one of the things that separates us is that, uh... Don't text my wife if that's what you're doing. I feel like that's what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about. I really pay attention to little minute details like, you know, the character's names or uh, the city it takes place in, the year. You just kind of look at images or listen to sounds and you shove them together in whatever way you see fit. That's fucking dumb. I mean, it's necessary and we need you. I mean, it's necessary and we need you. It's necessary and we need you but it's dumb. And that means that you don't have any respect for people or character. And I do. So yes, I will say the actor's names and the character's names and the screenwriter's names if I need to.
0: So who was the screenwriter for Joker? Go Todd, on.
2: Todd Enlighten Phil- us. Todd Phillips. Did he write it? Yeah. Todd Phillips. Uh, and he was a co-write with, uh, I forget who his writing partner was, but yes. Um, and to be honest, I'm not, in a, I'm not too hot. I'm not too hot on the script. The script is not my favorite. Yeah. I'm not too hot on the movie. I'm hot on that performance, but that's a great example. The
0: performance is good. I heard this song on the radio the other day.
1: And the guy was singing that his name was Carnival. Aren't
2: there... Which is crazy.
0: But to to me, it was almost the same exact character from The Master.
1: Are you often consumed by envy? You mean like jealousy? jealousy oh well yeah i don't like someone else's hands on my girls i don't like to think about that. it makes me sick are you scientific in your thought
0: yes yes i had i had trouble seeing anybody else there were differences but i, th- I think the psychosis that everybody was so drawn to in that character i think was better and more defined in, in the
2: master it was the master mix with travis bickle Right, and that's yeah. and I think I think that's what people responded to. We just hadn't had that kind of character in a, in a second, but you know, Joaquin Finks is is no. be I night mean
0: Nightcrawler, man, Nightcrawler, I mean Nightcrawler. Well, then that's that. that's
2: another great example of fall from grace. The situation is that I lost an employee, and I'm interviewing for a replacement. Okay, uh, the, the ad didn't say what the job was. It's a fine opportunity for some lucky someone. <laughs> P.S. Jake Gyllenhaal, another one of those actors. Who I'm like that is he's fucking phenomenal. Um, everything he touches is gold, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler.
0: I, I'm like hesitant to say the one I'm thinking of because I feel like it might be your choice. So maybe let's start with you. So why don't we line you up here? Okay. Unless there's one, is there one that's bad?
2: That's a bad example of Fall from Grace?
0: A bad example? (laughs) Wizard of Oz?
2: I mean, (laughs) if you're tracking it through the wizard. Technically. Technically it is. I mean, he is the titular character. Um...
0: Titular, titular, Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves.
2: You know what? I was about to say that. Isn't that crazy? Because <laughs> like, and here's the thing: I actually have a, a soft spot for that movie because that movie. I love that movie. That was one of the first movies that my mom saw. Um, after after uh, she got divorced, she took me to see it because she just loved Al Pacino. She didn't know anything about oh, it. Oh, perfect. We watched it in the movie theater. If you guys don't know Devil's Advocate, it is. Uh, I suggest you rent it. It's one of not only one of the craziest most bizarre films Al Pacino ever made. But it is in, in no way appropriate for anyone under the age of, I would say, 65. Very not appropriate. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's, it's Al Pacino. It's a lot of nudity. It's the devil trying to manipulate some incest to happen. It's Keanu Reeves doing an on-again, off-again Texan accent. It's a lot of things.
0: And with everybody's newfound re-fascination with Keanu Reeves, it's, it's interesting to watch him go that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. But that, that is definitely a bad, a oh, bad example my of ball goodness. Of race. All
0: right. All right. So here we are. Do you want you me- made your choice. i made
2: my choice, and you know exactly what it is.
0: I think I might know what it is, but this is, you haven't hinted at it at all. I think I just know what the obvious choice is, and I feel like you would go that way.
2: You think so I'd go for the obvious choice? Line us up the obvious choice. You son of a bitch. I go simple for the choice thing like you, yeah. That... I go <laughs> fuck off. I'd go for the choice that means the most <laughs> to me. And this was a film that I saw my sophomore year of college and it meant the world to me. We open with some beautiful landscape shots. Almost a desert some amazing music kind of a a haunting uh, violin and then we see a man down in a hole and he's digging he's digging he's picking for something something not what i thought not what you thought seriously oh come on dude this is this is the one he's digging around he's striking flint on rock Picks up the rock. We see it's slick. It's slick in his hands. What does that mean? Is that oil? Blows the thing up. Huge explosion. Goes back down. Finds the oil slick rock. Now he's carrying it up. But the explosion from before damaged the ladder. (laughs) Breaks his leg. Doesn't cry out necessarily. But just sits there in pain. He crawls out the ladder. crawls onto the ground. Crawls what we assume is across this desert. He writes his name on the piece of paper to stake his claim. The name is Daniel Plainview. And we are now about seven,
1: eight minutes in to the masterpiece. There will be blood. Ladies and gentlemen, I've traveled over half our state to be here tonight. I couldn't get away sooner because my new well was coming in coyote hills and i had to see about it that well is now flowing at two thousand barrels and it's paying me an income of five thousand dollars a week i have two others drilling and i have 16 producing at antelope so ladies and gentlemen if i say i'm an oil man you will agree what did you think that i was going to pick
0: i assumed you were going to pick requiem for a dream interesting that is not that's that is a great choice that is an not yeah it's actually what we should be talking about when it comes to we should talk about your, your decisions cause this because it really is a tragedy in every single sense. Absolutely. But I also don't like talking about that movie. I, I, I hate Jared Leto, and I, <laughs> you that know what? movie just feels Fight Club last week was even a, a push for me just because of how much we talked about it yeah. at 19 years old. Everyone, yeah, I'm everyone. Just, I'm just over with all, it, man. Uh,
2: For for those of us who grew up with movies, uh, who were born in the '80s, you know, these are the movies that were seminal, and we had posters of them on our walls. This was the shit. This was like the you know the 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 bare bones shit. I went with "There Will Be Blood" mainly because of its subtlety. Yep. Because there is something about so the movie. If you've ever seen the film, right in the title, it is promising a change. It is promising that. There will be blood, right? So, and that, that is metaphorical. That is in the sense of like, there's something's gonna happen. There's also blood as oil. We we, we equate that a lot in the dialogue and, in, and just in the American landscape folklore. You know, oil is the blood, lifeblood of our nation, sadly. But especially with Daniel Day Lewis' performance, you know, we don't get dialogue with him for the first, I'd say, seven, no, sorry, 10 minutes. And um, we finally get a speech from him. Once he's kind of set up, he's established himself as an oil man, as he says. And he's talking to a crowd of people that he's, it's a town that he's saying he
1: can drill in. Now, you have a great chance here. But bear in mind, you can lose it all if you're not careful. Out of all men that beg for a chance to drill your lots, maybe one in 20 will be oil men. The rest will be speculators. That's men trying to get between you and the oil men to get some of the money that ought by rights come to you. Even if you find one that has money and means to drill, he'll maybe know nothing about drilling. You'll have to hire the job out on contract, and then you're depending on a contractor. He'll rush the job through so he can get another contract just as quick as he can. This is the way that this works.
0: What is your offer?
1: We're, we're wasting
0: yes. time. Absolutely. the
2: way, The very first shot of this man, there's nothing necessarily You know we he's not like an evil man right this is we don't know a lot about him we know that uh, his partner who was working with him died in an accident uh, and he is caring for that partner's son who he now claims his own son i'm a family man i run a family business
1: this is my son and my partner hw plainview
2: but that's really the only kind of shifty thing other than that we've just seen like kind of a, a rugged frontiersman and in the way he talks to townspeople, he's very straightforward with them. There's nothing about this that's, that's him trying to, it, you know, hustle them or anything. He's he's a he's certainly a salesman, but it's it's very straightforward. The, the the language is beautiful, and Daniel Day Lewis's performance. You know, one of the things that I, I think I find fascinating, and I try to use it in my own work on stage after I saw this movie I went to my acting teacher and I said how does he do that can you teach me how to act like Daniel Day-Lewis which was such a fucking acting student question to ask but the thing that she said to me she was like the key to good acting is doing exactly what you say you're doing and didn't didn't occur to me what that meant until many years later And it's something I try to apply where you just, you know, I think whether it's you're on set doing a film or you're on stage, the best actors know how to just be, how to just exist. And I think that that's the thing with Daniel Day-Lewis is he really bridges the gap where, you know, he builds a baseline on his performances, right, where you just it's an authenticity and an intention to detail where you just believe this person and then and you don't see the acting you don't see the acting happening right and then when there's a roar when there's a when there's a build to something then you see the power behind this person but he picks those moments very carefully and what that does for a story that's about a fall from grace is that you really uh, with very few words and this, this one speech
1: you're trusting this man i'm fixed like no other company in this field, and that's because my Coyote Hills well has just come in. I have a string of tools already to put to work. I can load a rig onto trucks and have them here in a week. I have business connections so I can get the lumber for the derrick, such things go by friendship in a rush like this. And this is why I can guarantee to start drilling and to put up the cash to back my word. I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the others promise to do,
0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Off the bat, you're, you're, you're invested in his story. And as he starts to reveal himself as a man who's willing to do things... To get ahead, it becomes heartbreaking. It becomes really scary at times because he's established such a good baseline that that the more he kind of digs his hands into the dirt, you're like, what the fuck? This isn't the guy that I knew. And, you, and you're seeing him go down this hole. The culmination, of course, uh, is the now famous um, I in My Child scene um, where, you know, so he, you know, he's a uh, little background, he strikes up uh, a rivalry. Um, with this uh kid p- played by Paul Dano named Eli Sunday, um, who is uh, building, a, wants to build a church, uh, across from the from the dig site, and they just they just start this lifelong rivalry because you know the oil man hates the church man, the church man hates the oil man, and uh, there's a plot of land that Daniel wants, and he realizes that he has to talk to this one man named uh, Bandy, this old man who lives in the the woods to get, you know, the rights to dig there, comes to find out that Bandy is a member of Eli's congregation. So he has to go to this congregation and like make a big show of being a believer to get Bandy to agree to like give him the tract of land.
1: The doctrine of universal salvation is a lie, is it not? It's 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 a lie. I wish everyone could be saved, but they won't. No, they won't. You will never be saved if you reject, reject the blood. blood. Good. Is there a sinner here looking for salvation?
2: Eli takes this opportunity to really pull, pull him up to the pulpit and like embarrass him. Um, and you get to the heart of who this man is, you know, he just uh, in this this point of the story, his son, who, you know, he used to use as kind of a selling tool, uh, has gone deaf from an accident at the drilling site. So he's now kind of a liability. So he can't use him anymore. And um, he essentially, like, has he hasn't referenced that. He hasn't dealt with that. He just kind of kept moving forward. But Eli, like, questions him. You you know, you he's trying to get him to admit you've abandoned your child. What do you want me to say?
1: Daniel, you've come here and you've brought good and wealth, but you have also brought your bad habits as a backslider. You've lusted after women and you have abandoned your child. Your child that you raised, you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned. So say it now, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Say it louder, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Louder, Daniel, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. You want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I have abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it, say it. abandoned my child. Say it louder, say it louder. I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy!
2: It hits you in your gut because it's the last bastion of care that this man has. At this point in the story, he has done so many things that have just dug him into this hole of amoral, you know, shit. But the one thing is that he can't deny is that he loves his son. And he abandoned his son to get ahead, and he knows that. And yet the second he second it's over, he smiles again because he knows he, he got what he wanted.
1: Right? A he
2: allowed he allowed for the vulnerability, but he got the pipeline. Right? He's gonna be able to drill. He's that line, uh, there goes my pipeline or whatever he says. So you just see this descent. And as I said, it was promised from the from the from the title card, there will be blood. Right? Yeah. We know that it's coming, so we know that this man is going to get to a point where he will produce blood. By the end of the movie, he's just so worn out from all the sacrifices and, and bullshit cons he's had to pull to get what he wants. He's, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis plays him as a fucking. He's basically like a monster. He's like a golem. His voice is dropped. He's not. He's like speaking like through decades of whiskey and cigarettes and tobacco and like awfulness. He's sitting, you know, the first shot of him you see as an old man is he's sitting in a hallway in his big old oil mansion shooting at fucking pots and pans with a shotgun. You just get a sense of his isolation and finally Eli Sunday comes to visit and uh, Eli is in a predicament. His church has fallen on hard times. He needs some money from Daniel and this is like the moment he's been waiting for. You know, he could, if he was, the man, the man that was there that we met at the beginning of this movie might have given Eli mercy, but not this man. This man is too far down now. And the way that he just brutally murders Eli. um, And, like, there is blood. (laughs) It is, it is hysterical, but also, like, disturbing. It's just, like, my God. And why i think it's my favorite example of a fall from grace is because of the the many levels on which it works it's a it's obviously a critique of capitalism it was um uh it was uh, the idea came from the the novel oil by uh what's his name updike um
0: upton sinclair upton sinclair thank you don't worry everybody i'm still here
2: he is still here nobody cares that he's here but he's here upton sinclair um came with that novel but you know and which was a satire of or a exploration of american capitalism and the oil fields and this is definitely a look at what american capitalism does to a, a society
0: i think i'm running a little counter to you here interesting because normally I'd be—I mean, it, "There Will Be Blood" is one of my favorite films, hands down. Mm-hmm. Every time anybody asks me what's your favorite movie, more often than not, my reply is "There Will Be Blood." Every time I watch it, there's something different to get out—the performances, the the structure, the the subtext, the everything about it is interesting to me. Having spent that much time with that character, I don't know that I see him as somebody who who started so high up. To me, it's the ultimate depiction of greed right if you just take the word greed and you insert it into every interaction he has in that entire film it comes out it's about it's about that and I think the movie is more about about hoping that he will be someone different than he is and realizing that at his core he is somebody which I don't see as much as a fall from grace because I think from the very beginning he's someone willing to you know, shatter his leg and crawl across a desert uh, to make some money to get what he needs to build his empire. He's willing to take a baby uh, and use it for his own, you know, maybe not malicious in the moment, but, but, you know,
2: it's interesting because I think that one of the things that uh, Anderson does that's so, that's so great is the ambiguity. He does leave in a lot of these circumstances because he does make a point of showing the moments Of Dan, like yes, we we you know he is driven from the beginning. We see his drive and his ambition from the beginning. But what we also see is a lot of humanity. The way he the way he handles his son, the way he tussles his hair, the way he takes him out hunting in the beginning, very different from the end. When the girl is being abused by her father, um, and he pulls her aside at the picnic, he's like, does he you know? And then he and he kind of shoots a you know shoots a look to the father and is you know basically kind of implying, do not touch your daughter like that again um there's just these very human moments and i'm not saying he starts off with a fucking clean bill of health but i'm saying he starts off as a driven businessman yes as opposed to the literal ogre he becomes by the end of the film yeah that's fair eating raw meat off a plate and like just drooling at the mouth um so i think that the change of character you know we we hope that he it's 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 not a, it right it's not a consistency it's certainly a a a degradation we see somebody really yeah. become something else
0: i think maybe too on some level it's tough for me because he has the whole time he's got such an aversion to religion it's kind of his counterpoint so to fall from grace i you know with the the lucifer reference uh to me kind of uh, it almost says directly it's falling from, from God. It's You know, but in
2: the beginning, right again, you, the way that he handles that he deals with Eli, Eli, Eli catches him at first. Cause Eli's like, I'm not, or, or you know, he's like, I'm not going to be fucking played with. And Paul does too. Paul, the first brother, um, that he meets, but he certainly is more open. He certainly sees Eli as an adversary, but is like, okay, Let's see how let's see if we can do this smoothly. And, and you know, and, and then thirty minutes later, he is stuffing his face into a pile of mud. You know what I mean? Um, so it's again, I'm, I, I just I view it as the change, but yeah, I think I think that's what I love about it is it just just shows this true transformation and a subtle transformation. Um, yes, so you know what greed can do. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, so I love it. If you haven't seen "There Will Be Blood," please go. Yeah,
2: please see it. Please go see it. And Alex, what you don't, ever, what you don't, don't ever, don't ever assume what movie I'm going to pick again. You understand?
0: Uh, I understand. Won't happen again. All right. Won't happen again.
2: Mm-hmm. These uh, wings are delicious. By the way, I just want to say uh, that. they
0: look really good.
2: I'm not going to eat into the mic, but my wife—you have—you
0: have been a little bit. It's a little a bit. A little, just
2: a little. Just a little. Just give you guys a taste.
0: I got some wings in the freezer. Maybe I'll maybe I'll heat those up.
2: Yeah, heat up some wings, baby. Some right,
0: mozzarella sticks. I love I love quarantine
2: oh. food. Dude, quarantine food's the best.
0: Suddenly I'm allowed. We got a big box of cocoa pebbles. Oh dude. Some mozzarella sticks, frozen pizza, like
2: eat from the house because you don't want to take yeah. to, I'm trying not to do takeout. Everyone pebbles. here
0: putting on the COVID nineteen, you know what I'm saying?
2: Put on the COVID nineteen. Talk to me, man. Talk to me about your film.
0: Here we go. Uh, let me set the stage for you. So you, uh, you didn't get a chance to see it. I I assume that you hadn't seen it. And like I'm saying before, I went a little different direction with the theme. So this is a film I saw, I think around the time it came out, it's from 2008. Uh, and it won the best foreign film Oscar that year. Nice. But it's kind of hard to find now. I had to like, I had to find it online. We open on a snowy, snowy, snowy day in Japan. Uh, Modern day Japan. Blizzard blowing through, you can barely see the road, a car slowly plodding along. Um, Inside the car, there's a very young man, about 24, 25, and an old man riding together. They arrive at a funeral. Now, Japanese funeral uh, being a little different than we have in America. uh, This it's an encoffining ceremony where the body is prepared uh, for cremation, and we follow. The old man offers to the young man, you know, do you want to do it this time? And he proceeds to prepare the body. Everyone's kneeling in the room in front of the family with the body on full display. Proceeds to uh, dress the body, apply makeup, place the hands in an exact position, place the feet in an exact position. Um, It's a very serious scene. The music is very somber and gentle. uh, And he reaches under... um, to pull the blanket away uh, from this female corpse and he realizes that, <laughs> that it's actually a man. Huh? <laughs> hmm? hmm? <laughs> and everything stops and he's trying to remain cordial in front of the family trying not to surprise anybody so he leans over to his boss and he's what do we do, what do we do the boss goes over and asks the the uncle of the deceased how do you want us to put on female makeup or male makeup Um, and it's kind of this humorous scene you're on the brink of like crying as you're watching this family and then you're laughing and then you go back to almost crying again as soon as, it, you know, they make the decision and they finish preparing and you see the family breaking down. Um, and we, it's, it's just a very unique situation to, to see laid bare. Uh, and then we cut to uh, a year or two earlier and we're in a concert hall and this is the grace part. Um, the character is in a full tuxedo in an orchestra, uh, playing. It's big, it's vibrant, it's full. He's happy. Everybody's got this energy in their face. They stop. The applause comes and you turn around and you see that there's like maybe 50 people in the audience of you know, a room that could seat a thousand. Soon after, uh, he finds out that the orchestra is being disbanded. This man who's dedicated his life to this loses his job in the orchestra, goes home to his wife who comes home, you know, with fresh food and she's happy and how are you doing? And he tells her, not only did I just lose my place in the orchestra and there's no getting back with my skill set, but I've invested without telling you in this cello that is way more than we can afford because it's what the pros use. Um, so he's very suddenly uh, going from a life of being on top, having his life together, newly married to a woman who loves him very much, thinks he knows what he's about. He thinks he knows what his life is going to be. Very suddenly having to sell the cello, give away everything and move back to his hometown where his mother who passed away recently left him this old you know, bar with an apartment above it. And while he's there, the first job he takes is with this company that does encoffinings. The film's name is Departures. Um, Now, in in Japan, uh, death is pretty taboo. It's something where if you're working with the dead, that's not a respectable position at all. It's the bottom of the barrel. It's what, you know, the listing in the newspaper that he went for, it didn't even say what it was. It said, you know, we guide people on their journeys. Um, he thought it was for being a tour guide. Uh, and so the the film proceeds to have him finding his way. Uh, he kind of falls in love with the job a little bit. He fights his way through it. He then has to present it to his wife, who just like the cello, he hasn't told her what's going on and she finally finds out. And uh, it's, it's one of those movies that is you're laughing one minute and you're i i literally like i've i think i've seen it 3 times now and every time i cry i've never seen a movie that that makes me feel the way that this one does in hmm. terms of going from being entertained feeling hopeful feeling happy to being despairing. And it's never, it's never, it's never dark despair. It's never negative. It's never anything, but it, it brings in all of these kind of existential questions, you know, about life and death and about what it's going to be like when a loved one dies, when, you know, being with somebody who's going through this process. Um, and they, they use the ceremony and sort of the taboo involved in it, but also the seminal, it, it it's walking into the seminal moment in people's lives. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's bringing these characters who, you know this guy trying to figure his own stuff out into these, into these situations where people are having their own huge, huge moments and just quietly watching them. And it's it, the music's by Joe Hisaishi, who does all the uh, Miyazaki movies. Oh, amazing! Um, so that the score is the score is wonderful. Um, but in in my eyes, it it fit fall from grace um, in pretty much the opposite way that There Will Be Blood did for you, totally um whereas there will be blood is is a violent bloody descent into a man's psyche mm-hmm. um this one is gentle reflection mm. of that you know it's it it is somebody who again thinks he has things figured out thinks he's on a certain course and has to pivot um and figure his things out while also supporting a family figuring out what his future is going to be um trying to figure out what he stands for, what matters to him. Um, the relationship, he, his father had abandoned him when he was young uh, and he's carried it with him and he's never addressed it. And, and through this, he's forced to address it until in the end, he finally has to uh, in coffin his father's body. Um, and it, it, it felt fall from grace to me in a very realistic, relatable way. Almost like a book, you know. It it felt thematically fall from grace. It felt um, I don't know normal. <laughs> hmm. So tough to play you- clips from it because it's
2: in Japanese. But do you know? This is this brings up. Him- An interesting topic. Do you find that, and I I think you kind of answered it, do you prefer a gentle fall from grace as opposed to a a more violent or aggressive fall from grace? Well, I think fall Fall from from from.
0: grace, it's too obvious Hmm. in a violent way, in the Requiem for a Dream way, in the There Will Mm -hmm. Be Blood way, where the fall from grace is an action movie, you know, where it's this start here and let things get really bad. Mm Um Which is not uninteresting to me, obviously. I don't Mm -hmm. not like that. I think finding depictions that don't rely on that, that don't need that energy to push Mm -hmm. through that, to show somebody um, in an elevated position being brought down to Earth. Yeah, uh, I think being able to do that with just a character and a quiet situation just you know it's just a guy who lost his job and had to move home it's garden state you know it's simple and to make something that lets you follow along and really really feel it it's a movie that really gets you to feel what this guy's feeling the whole time um and it emotionally it's a, as engaging as any any movie if not more
2: it's yeah it does it does you know i think i think what i like about you know i, I definitely got to watch this movie now I think what I like about what you're describing is just... um, I tend to think in such big picture terms. And I don't mean that by the generalization. I just mean like, you know, these things... What I love about everything that you're describing is it's just just like you said. It's the simplicity of someone losing a job. You know, it doesn't have to be these life and death circumstances. It's just, you know, those moments where we are just lost a little bit. And we don't know what to do. And things keep piling on. And, you know, you kind of have to take that job that not everybody you know, thinks is, you know, you feel like you're going a little backwards.
0: Yeah, so I I would highly recommend this to anybody who wants to watch it. Again, I don't know how to find it. and You could buy it probably on Amazon Prime or so, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, it won the Oscar in 2008 for Best Foreign Film. The score, again, I cannot say it enough. The score is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, and if you want to cry... You want a good cry, then check it out.
2: I mean, if you want a good cry,
0: I love a good cry. Are you a crier? When things necessitate it,
2: Avengers Endgame, Game. I was a weepy little child.
0: I'm not talking yeah. about Avengers, goddamn Endgame. <laughs> Buddy. I'm talking about What Dreams May Come. Crying. I'm talking about Departures. I cry, crying. No, I don't, don't
2: cry at those. I don't cry. You at don't
0: those. cry weepy movies. I,
2: not a weeping like it has to be you know i'll, t- I'll tell you the last time i cried at the weeping you know what i you know what but see like again this the is going back. how did to you g-
0: cry in avengers endgame tony stark
2: bro no when they Ugh. all showed up are you joking me oh my god when he said on your left and i said fuck i said oh shit they're back and you started crying I actually did. I actually started crying. I cry. I cry. I've cried every time. Dude, there was a whole period of time where I walked around listening to support, you know, Alan Silvestri did the soundtrack, and that track is called Portals. I would just listen to that and just sob. That track actually does literally make me sob on command. Coco, I cried at Coco. I cried at all the Pixar movies. Well, those so,
0: movies, yeah. You're going to yeah. cry at the beginning of Up. You're going to cry at Coco.
2: Ooh, you are going to cry at Coco.
0: Watch this movie. I'm curious I'm curious if no, I'm very if, it, excited. if it draws that out of you.
2: And truth be told, I need to watch more foreign films. I think I, you do. That's, that's something that I think I've, you do. Th- this one's
0: very accessible do. as far, you know, you you have to read yeah, the subtitles yeah. and it's it's a bit of a like the ceremony itself and the culture yeah. is, you know, obviously it's Japanese, but it it's pretty accessible. It's modern day. It's not nothing, you know, it's not a samurai movie. It's not a mm-hmm. period piece. Mm-hmm. Um again, just about a guy who loses his job and has to figure it out
2: that's beautiful well look yeah so those so those are our choices for fall from grace got a little there will be blood and got a little departures um we would love to hear what you guys would love to hear that i'd love to hear that i would also love to hear you know not even just just movies but tv shows plays uh anything that anything any story that that is a fall to fall from grace for you what would that look like but uh for now i'm nick walker i'm alex smolo And this has been Little Justice. Stay safe out there, everybody.
1: Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work